Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's so good to be with you. Actually, it's good afternoon, isn't it now? Welcome to those joining online. I was just looking online and and, uh, I've got someone I think called Jill joining from Trinidad. And so can we do like a swap? You come to Birmingham and I'll go to Trinidad. Um, So good to see you. We're so encouraged by all that God is doing in our community. Everywhere we look, we're seeing signs of God at work. It's just so encouraging. I, I received a text this week from a friend of mine. He's a pastor of a church in Bournemouth and he sent this picture And uh, this text said this, Hey Tim, the guy in this photo was not at all a Christian when he's with his aged mother in hospital as she watched Songs of Praise from Gastry. About a year ago, we recorded Songs of Praise from Gastry and it's been on on BBC One since. He said he saw the Holy Spirit filling people there, but suddenly realised God was speaking to him too. He contacted you, Gastry. Uh, He lives in Bournemouth, so we put him in touch with my friend who leads this amazing church called Love Church in Bournemouth. And my friend Tim Carazona said, so he came to Alpha last term, was filled with the Holy Spirit and got baptised today, which is that picture. He now realised that God has been after him for 62 years. Isn't that encouraging? God working through songs of praise to change someone's life. We are in the middle of a series called When the Spirit Comes, looking at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And all throughout this week, as I've been preparing, I felt this sense of urgency that we as a church would grab hold of these messages, that this isn't just a nice collection of talks on the person of the Holy Spirit, a bit of theology, but literally, this is life and death. John 6, 63 says, the Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. And so over the last few weeks, we've looked at the Spirit's work in awakening our sense of identity. And we must recognize that there is a scheme of the enemy straight from the pit of hell that is trying to corrupt and to shift and to damage people's sense of value, worth, and identity. And the Spirit of God grabs hold of us, literally shakes us and says, look, this is who you are. You are loved by a heavenly Father. You are co-heirs, sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit is alive and at work in you to live a big, bold, glorious life. We looked at the work of the Spirit to release these gifts, these amazing gifts, prophecy, healing, words of knowledge, discernment, the gift of tongues, faith. And if we want to live lives like Jesus lived, and if we want to do the things that Jesus did, which is what the Word of God encourages us to believe, then we cannot live that kind of life without these spiritual gifts, which are available for each and every one of us through the power of the Spirit. But are we eagerly desiring these gifts? Or are we just coasting through life without desiring the Spirit of God to work in through us, to usher in His kingdom come here on earth? And then last week, we looked at transformation and the work of the Spirit to literally lead us from death into life. And if you're here this morning feeling stuck, maybe your heart is full of despair, Maybe you're just so sick and tired of the addictive 
patterns of behavior that you can't seem to break free from, well, there is hope because of the Spirit of God that has the power to set you free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we can know that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the grave lives in each and every one of us through the power of the Spirit of God. So we can have hope. We need to grab hold of what we have on offer as followers of Christ. And so today, I want to look at the work of the Spirit in releasing creativity. I want to speak about a a new vision for creativity. Because great art has great power. We, We could all share a song that moves you to tears or a movie that you've watched that just gets into your fabric. You can't shake it free. All around us, this amazing expressions of art, stories, films, architecture, dance, poetry, painting, sculpture. The world is alive, exploding with glorious creativity. Art is powerful. Just take the example of music. I don't know if you know this, but cows produce more milk when they're listening to music. Did you know this? Chickens, of which I have four, lay more eggs when they listen to the genre pop in terms of music. And so if you love your omelets in the morning, praise the Lord for Justin Bieber. Now, I know many of you here praise the Lord for Justin Bieber for different reasons. And we're going to have a time of confession and repentance in a moment. I was reading about a a hospital uh, in, in America, where 8,000 different hospitals experimented with this specially designed music that they'd play in the wards of a premature baby unit. And they found that on average, the hospitals where they played this designed music, the babies on average left the hospital 12 days earlier than the babies that didn't listen to that music. Music is powerful. I remember visiting a prison in London, men's prison, and I was going in to do a workshop on music and emotion. And uh, I gathered in this room and I was introduced and then all the prison wardens left and I was on my own with these 50 guys, feeling a little bit intimidated. And I played a song by a band called Blur, called Song 2. It's this high octane, like, woo-hoo! It's brilliant. And I asked the men at the end of this song, Can you try and describe what emotion you felt? Well, this massive guy stands up and he's peering down at me. He said, that song made me feel really aggressive. I was like, ah, quick, Celine Dion to try and calm everything down. Creativity is powerful. And why is creativity so important? Well, You look at the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, verse 1, and it says, in the beginning, God created. The very first thing we discover about God is that he is a creator, the divine artist who speaks into being this beautiful world. At the sound of his voice, there was light, there was water, there was sky, there was sea, there was earth and land, there's vegetation, there's beautiful, crazy, quirky animals that fill this planet. And then the pinnacle of his creation, humankind made in his image. 
in on all of this, we see the Spirit of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light. And there was light. The Hebrew word for spirit is ruach, which literally means wind, breath. And this picture of the Spirit of God hovering over this formless, dark mass, brooding over it, ready to see it animated into life, into all that we now call this beautiful planet Earth. And skip forward to Genesis 2, verse 7. We see the work of the Spirit, the breath of God, animating life from humankind. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Here God imparts his very breath to lead us into life. And we must understand that a key work of the Spirit of God is to awaken life and creativity in us because we are made in the image of God. We carry his very DNA. And as a result, it goes without saying that we will also be a creative people. You just have to look at our human bodies, the way we've been designed. You know, God could have made us just sort of functional beings that we, we eat and we sleep and we, we get on with our everyday existence, but God has created us to absorb beauty all around us. Our ears can hear tens of thousands of different tones. Our eyes can differentiate between over a million different shades of colour. We're glorious beings that have been designed to receive and enjoy this incredible creation all around us. Why? So that we can experience the glory of God. But also so that we can be a people that can express the goodness, the love and the glory of God. God is passionate about creativity. You just need to read this book. It's full of unbelievable, intricate architectural designs of temples. It's full of incredible songs in the Psalms. It has all these sacred poems. We read about stunning dances. We have these crazy, prophetic, literally epics all around, all surrounding, and all in the scriptures we see creativity at work. And scan through the Old Testament, you see very early on in the book of Exodus, there's a man called Bezalel, who's one of the first people to be recorded of having been filled with the Spirit of God. Bezalel was set apart and was appointed to work at helping build the tabernacle, which would become a place of worship and meeting for the people of Israel. And in Exodus 31, we read this, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I've chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I've filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skill, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craft. Again, the word for spirit here, the Hebrew word ruach, the breath, the wind of God, filling Bezalel, 
For what purpose? To make beautiful things. For artistic design. To communicate the glory of God, but also to bring wonder to human beings. God cares passionately about creativity. He pours out his spirit to release creativity amongst us. And God's spirit, that ruach, is available for us to shape and form things and make things beautiful. And the spirit of God is always at work enabling us to animate, to bring to life ideas. And he often works spirit to our human spirit in surprising ways. We sing a song here at the church called By the Grace of God. I don't know if you sang it earlier, but the song was begun by Nick Herbert, who's here, a guy called Brian Johnson, who's worship leader at Bethel, and Martin Smith. And the three of them had been working on this song, unbeknown to me. But one night, I, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I'd had this vivid dream. And in my dream, I was sat with my guitar before Brian Johnson, who's a friend, playing him this song idea I had. When you write songs, often that's what you do. You sit in a room, a couple of you play ideas, and you work on them together. And as I'm playing this song idea, in the middle of it, I wake up, but I can hear the song that I've been singing. And so what I do is I get up, I grab my phone. Rachel's asleep next to me. And uh, because I'm terrified of my wife, particularly when she's tired, I, I just very quietly sing this into my phone. You are the passion of my life, Lord Jesus. You are the passion of my life. You always want to take us deeper, deeper. You are the passion of my life. So I sing this into the phone, fall back to sleep. A couple of days later, I'm songwriting with Nick Herbert. And Nick is saying, oh, we're writing the song with Brian Johnson, struggling to finish it. I say, oh, that's crazy, because I had this weird dream. And I I get out my phone, I'm playing this idea. And Nick's like, that could work as part of the song, as the bridge. And so we began to cobble it together. We tweaked it. We changed it to the, you are the passion of my life, Lord Jesus. You are the song within my soul. My strength, my hope, my all in all is you. Anyway, um, so you, we put the song together. We sent it off to Brian, and Brian was like, yeah, I love it. And the song was complete. And I love the way God dropped an idea into my being whilst I was asleep. And through the craft and the graft of working with others, something was shaped, animated, and formed that has been a blessing to people. And we need to be open, experienced, expectant and ready for the Spirit to inspire ideas within us. He's brooding over each and every one of us, wanting to see new ideas come into being. That's what the Ruach, the Spirit of God does. I love how some people, you know, they take a dictionary, formless words, and they shape it into amazing poems, stories, sonnets. 
how some people can walk into a, a room which is just white and suddenly through paint and fabric and fragrance create an environment that is so beautiful and welcoming. How some people, and these are my favorite people on the planet Earth, can take various ingredients, piece them together and create these unbelievable feasts. Now, how many here, when you've tasted something amazing, feel the closest to heaven? You feel possible, oh yeah. <laughs> Got about another hour for lunch, people. But the Spirit creating beautiful food and ingredients for us to enjoy. I love the way God inspires some people to take their bodies of a mass of muscles, sinews, and ligaments and begin to master them into this perfect balance of dance and graceful expressions that inspire so many people. We have some amazing people in our church, looking at some of them, who are incredible dancers. And what happens when the Spirit of God is breathed into our bodies and suddenly we express something through dance that communicates a God of creativity and a God of love and goodness. And so we need, I believe, to catch a fresh vision for creativity because it's part of our very being. We're most human, we're most alive when we create, but also creativity is so important because through our creativity, it points people to the creator, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And creativity has a way of reaching people, often in a way words sometimes don't. And it has a way of expanding way beyond the four walls of our churches to reach a world in desperate need of the knowledge of the love of God. I love what the former Pope John Paul II says, in order to communicate the message entrusted to us by Christ, the church needs art. Art, creativity, it's not like a luxury extra in church. It's a necessity genuinely believe that. And art has a unique capacity, he goes on to say, to take one or other facet of the message of the gospel and to translate it into colors, shapes, and sounds that nourish the intuition of those who look and listen. We need to pray that God would raise up in our community and beyond people who can just communicate beautiful things in a beautiful way that will reach people who have no idea that there's a God who loves them, who has a plan and a purpose for them. So how can we be a community that grows in being a creative people? I want to look at three things. And the first, I believe, is a, a way of um, embracing and engaging and growing in art is that we need to explore. We need to be a people of exploration. Great art, the great artists and designers and wordsmiths, songwriters, they search, they inquire, they ponder, they dig deep, they ask questions, they explore the world in new ways to find fresh ways of communicating age-old truths. But that process is time-consuming. And there's a clash between a world that is obsessed with productivity and impact and results and everything being done now with this thing of creativity that is a process that needs breath and space and time for things to percolate, ideas to form, for things to come out. I 
I love the image of the Spirit of God brooding, hovering over the formless world in creation. The message translation, Eugene Peterson describes it saying, God's Spirit brooded like a bird over the waters. In the sense of a bird sort of flying back and forth, searching, looking at this land, ready to play its part in seeing this world animated, exploding into life all around us. And so if we want to grow in art and design, we need time to explore, to think, and allow the Spirit to inspire, to release anointed imagination. We need a new move of imagination. Think of that imagination of C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, others who've put these crazy stories that have echoes of the gospel, echoes of eternity all throughout them. I love... Michelangelo, amazing artist. And one of his great masterpieces was a sculpture of David. I was going to put it up on the screen, but I, I think, judging by what happened to a teacher in America, <laughs> when she did that and got in trouble, I won't. But it's an amazing picture, sculpture of David from the Bible, and he's naked. So why I won't put it up. But it's a sculpture. Anyway, the world's gone crazy. And uh, Michelangelo says this, in every block of marble, I see a statue as plain as though it stood before me, shaped and perfect in attitude and action. I've only to hew away the rough walls that imprison the lovely apparition to reveal it to the other eyes as mine see it. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Michelangelo standing in front of this block of marble. Nothing to look at, but the Spirit has inspired him. And through exploration and taking a look, he begins to imagine David fighting Goliath. He sees him and he begins to hew away, chisel away, to bring to life this incredible sculpture masterpiece that has blessed so many centuries later. The Spirit wants us to take a deeper look, but this kind of exploration needs time. It needs hard work, hard graft. Again, Michelangelo says, if people knew how hard I worked to get my mastery, it wouldn't seem so wonderful at all. And so if you're an artist, if you're a creative, if you're a designer, I want to encourage you, take your gift seriously. Give your absolute best to it. Because when God inspires an idea, you want to have the best tools available to make that idea become a reality. Exploration is essential for art. But the second thing that I believe is essential is the ability to express. Great art is an incredible expression that comes from the very depths of our heart. Great art communicates longing, pain, anguish, hope, beauty, love, breakup. They, they, communicates something that we feel often before we can kind of comprehend and compute. Have you ever had that experience? You're listening to something on the radio, or you're reading a book or you're watching a movie and suddenly out of nowhere you find yourself weeping because the expression that you've been a part of has connected deeply with you and has enabled you to feel something that is really key to your makeup, to actually what you are thinking about, what's going on within you. The novelist, Russian novelist Dostoevsky once said, only the heart knows how to find what is precious. And so great art must come through our hearts. 
from the very depths of who we are. Great artists will be willing to lay their hearts bare and that is incredibly vulnerable. But if you approach arts and creativity merely through your mind, it will never deeply connect. That's why I fully believe that AI will never ever be able to match humanity for the release of great arts. Yes, they might learn all the skills and the tools, but no one can feel what it is to be human, to be fragile, to have set within us a longing for eternity that has to come out in an expression. And when we as the people of God allow the Spirit to fill us, the Ruach, the Spirit of God, We carry a message that the world desperately needs to hear. The story of God is this. We have creation where God creates the world and it's beautiful. He says that it is good. It's teeming with life and abundance. But then mankind chooses to oppose God, to disobey, chooses to turn in on themselves and sin enters the world. The world is fractured and broken. It begins to corrupt and you have decreation, the fall, creation, all that is good to suddenly decreation where evil has entered the world. But then God so loves the world that he sent his one and only son, not to condemn the world, but to save him. And through the death and life and resurrection of Jesus Christ and then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we see the beginnings of recreation. We know the promise that Jesus will return and he'll right every wrong. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth where we will spend eternity with God, where there'll be no more sickness, no more suffering, no more sorrow. The old things will pass away and we will Joy, enjoy forever resurrection life in Jesus Christ. That is our hope. That is our future. That is our story. That is what is to come. But for now, we live in the tension of the now and the not yet. The tension of what is a world of war, a world of abuse, a world where children can be beaten to death by the people who should love them and protect them, a world of sexism and racism and where the rich are richer and the poor and poor, just such corruption. And yet we know of what is to come and what is to be possible. And these two things are colliding even now here on earth, heaven breaking in in the midst of our brokenness and great artists will be able to communicate that tension. John Foreman, the American singer, songwriter says this, the artist is a bridge between despair and hope. The artist, more than anyone else, is responsible for the recreation, redefinition, and rethinking of the world around us. Every poem, every song, every painting has tremendous possibility. Your art has tremendous possibility to communicate the reality of pain, but the hope of what is to come. And the work of the Spirit is to bring revelation, to give us a glimpse. (gasps) That is our future. And when we communicate it through food and design and clothing and music and art, it brings hope. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says this, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even 
the deep things of God. Spirit of God, searching, just dropping into our imaginations a glimpse, a taste of what is to come. Basil of Caesarea, fourth century theologian, thinker, has this beautiful image of the Spirit of God, like a a torch, a spotlight, a searchlight, shining to illuminate the person of Christ. He says, without the light of the Spirit, Christ remains unidentified and consequently largely unknown. You know, the true wonder of Jesus Christ, I would argue, particularly in our country, remains largely unknown. And the Spirit begins to enable us to see, ah, This is Jesus who is compassionate and loving and fun and playful and powerful, meek, mild, courageous, bold, the one who brings life, the one who heals, the one who confronts oppressive power, the one who elevates the poor, the one who releases life and life in all its fullness. And the role of a creative filled with the Spirit is to shine a light on this Jesus and the church needs to embrace and empower artists to run and to communicate something of the goodness of God through their creativity. But I believe one of the reasons the church has fallen behind when it comes to great art, why, if I'm honest, a lot of church art is really poor, is in part because we're afraid of embracing the dark moments of life. We're afraid to embrace the doubts, the despair, the destruction, because we're afraid somehow that if we talk about suffering, it puts people off from God. But actually, we will never connect with the world unless we have an idea, an understanding of pain and sorrow and a hope that is greater than it. And the Psalms, again, the Psalms, these amazing songs, over half of them are songs of lament. We're never afraid of going to those dark places. Psalm 137, verse nine. The whole psalm ends with this line. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. Now we haven't sung that one here yet at Gas Street. And we need to understand that is appalling theology. You know, Jesus would be like, oh no, that is not how I operate. But the Psalms are not theological writings. They're an expression of humanity, what it is to be hurt, to be discouraged, to feel anger and rage. The people of Israel were under enemy attack and they were longing that God would intervene and their anger gets the better of them and they start hoping that the enemy's kids will be destroyed. We shouldn't imitate that, but we should allow ourselves to express what it is to feel disappointment, discouragement, to really allow ourselves to cry out in anguish and pain. God, where are you? What is going on? How long, oh Lord? How can you allow so much suffering in the life? And when we allow the artist to express that, and then you bring in a message of hope, echoes of what is to come, it makes the good news even greater. The great Stevie Wonder, any Stevie Wonder fans here? Woo! <laughs> um, Stevie Wonder. That's more Michael Jackson, I know. But anyway, um, <laughs> he says, and I love this about his creative process. I want to take all the pain that I feel and celebrate and turn it around. So let's not be afraid of pain. 
But let's be a people that express. And if you're an artist, I want to encourage you, express yourself. As John Barnes said, it's one-on-one, express yourself. Oh, gosh. We could go and go and go. Um, That was spirit-inspired. I hadn't planned that. Thank you, Lord. Anything more you want to reveal, please do. Um, Best football song ever, wasn't it? Much better than three lines. Anyway, um, evaluate, explore. Sorry, explore, express. I just got John Barnes in my head doing the rap. You gotta move yourself. Um, But the final thing I want to say is experiment. Experiment. That we need to allow space for people and creatives to experiment. Great art occurs when people push the boundaries. People move out of their comfort zones. They're encouraged to risk, to try new things. Again, that's one of the things the Spirit does. The Spirit awakens new things within us. Ephesians 5 verse 19 says, you know, don't get drunk on wine that leads to debauchery, which all bad kind of choices. But instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Interesting, so many artists take substances to inspire their creativity. We have the greatest substance. We have the person of the Holy Spirit, God himself alive and at work within us. And when God's Spirit fills us, what happens the people of God begin to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. These spiritual songs were spontaneous, new utterances, melodies, words of worship. And we must constantly allow space for the new in our creativity and in our expression of worship. If we get stuck, if we start thinking, well, I don't like this new stuff, we will miss out. We'll begin to shrivel up and die. I love this article written in an American newspaper, Attacking Trends in Modern Worship. It says this, there are several reasons for opposing it. One, it's too new. Two, it's often worldly, even blasphemous. The new Christian music is not as pleasant as the more established style because there are so many new songs, you can't learn them all. It puts too much emphasis on instrumental music rather than godly lyrics. The new music creates disturbances, making people act indecently and disorderly. The preceding generation got along without it. It's a money-making scam, and some of these new music upstarts are lewd and loose. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, that is Nick Herbert. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, it's an article, a journalist attacking... Isaac Watts in 1723, who wrote the hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. What we forget is these hymns that have become staples in many churches for good reason. These writers were completely expelled from the church because their music was too modern and too offensive for the church. Because what they did is they took the melodies, the music being sung in the bars, and they put godly lyrics to it. And what happened is when they sang them in the churches, they couldn't cope with it. They didn't like it, and so they expelled them. And what happened was the world began to embrace these songs, but the church got left behind, and it took them a while to catch up. And I don't want us to make the same mistake. And I want us to be a community where people feel that there is space and permission 
position to push the boat, to try a new thing, to experiment. And some of us might not like it, particularly if we're going to see a young generation come through and begin to express themselves and the music and the creativity that is within them. We might go, oh, I don't like it. It doesn't work for me. I prefer the old 90s vineyard, which would be my thing. But we mustn't put a lid on creativity and what God is doing because of our preferences and because we've got stuck, because the Spirit of God will always release something new. And so let's be a people that encourage and champion our creatives. Cheer them on, embrace the unknowns and allow failure. I end with this. Albert Einstein once said, anyone who's never made a mistake has never tried anything new. And so I want to say to creatives here, I am so sorry for where you have felt misunderstood in the church, where you have felt that there's no space for your expression, where you have had to leave the church to find a place of welcome and love and a space for you to create. But I want to say we need you. We desperately need you to rise up, to live bold lives, to go with the things God's put in you. And I want us to pray now that the Spirit of God would come and breathe life into you and upon your creativity so that when you dance, when you design, when you cook, when you start up a new business, when you write, that the wind of heaven would be upon you and he'd take your creativity to communicate a message of love and hope to a world that desperately needs to know that they are not forgotten that God is good. Amen. Why don't we stand? Lord Jesus, we ask that you'd come now by your Spirit. Inspire us. Thank you for the gift of creativity. Thank you. Just looking around, so many people here, people who create cocktails and bars and people who design, graphic designers, see people, interior designers, people who've started up new businesses, people who've set up new coffee shops. Lord, there's people who write songs. That's what I love, what God's doing through gastric music, these songs that are an expression of our worship, worship for everyone, all these songs that are engaging in schools and with kids and churches right across the UK. Lord, we thank you for the life that is in this community. And Lord, I just pray that you'd pour out your spirit now. Thank you that you are the creator. You are the creator. Lord, would you come now? Ruach, wind of heaven. Spirit of God, fall afresh in us, like you did with Bezalel, to anoint for artistic, creative designs. Would you come now? Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at gastricchurch.org.